Begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Outer Rim transmission number 109. This is for Ben from Mount Fry. Chris, aka Star Raptor. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Today, we are talking about our go to Star Wars, our comfort Star Wars food sort of thing that we can watch or experience, whatever the mood we're in. We're going to get into that later. First, we're going to just do our usual kind of thing uh, as far as Star Wars is concerned. I'll start it off this week because I, I was working and, you know, there's many TVs and gyms, obviously. And it was really funny because they were just ending A New Hope and they had the credits rolling. And I guess it must have been on T a TNT or something, whatever, like, plays those over and over again. Because then as soon as they were playing the credits, they had, like, another pop-up screen underneath with, like, the opening crawl of Empire Strikes Back. So it was this kind of crazy thing where it's like, wait a minute, the, the other movie's still going on as the other movie's beginning. And it was, like, the credits and then the, and then the opening crawl going into the credits up above. I'm like, this is absolutely bizarre. And I'm, I'm working with my client. It's like, oh, Star Wars is on. And she's just like, oh, you know, not a, clearly not a Star Wars fan or anything. But I, I, I thought it was like really strange how those two things were simultaneously going on at the same time. Oh, yeah. You see those on TNT on the weekends um, quite a bit, really. Like it's it's always it's always TNT. I think they have the license to it or something. <laughs> but yeah. um, yeah, so like it's it's cool. You know, of course, we all can access it on Disney Plus and everything. But like. Anytime I see any of the Star Wars movies on TNT and it's like the final 20 minutes or or even if I just don't feel like clicking onto Disney Plus, I'll just like lay there on the couch like half awake in the evening on a Saturday or Sunday night and just let whatever movies on TV play from TNT. So like, I don't know, it's always kind of like cool seeing it on TNT. But yeah, like you said, Chris, I've noticed that before, too. Like when the movie's ending, you know, you're seeing the credits roll as the opening um, credit is is rolling as well. Yeah, so I was just like, okay, that's a new we that's a new way to experience Star Wars that I've never experienced before. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they, they've always been like, like TNT's pretty consistent about showing those movies. I think they're on like every other weekend or every weekend. Yeah, like, I feel like they're always on. Yeah, it's um, either I know, that. I, know they yeah. To, I think they have like like a like a ten year thing or something with the Star Wars films or something. But I mean, and TNT's a really good network where like they're pretty good about the transition of like any like movie franchise that they are working with so if like like you said one's playing with the credits they'll have another one like pop up like a dual screen just to transition transition into it so it kind of smart business because viewers can't really leave you know and then go like leave leave, leave the network to go to another station especially if they're into the movie mm. Yeah, it's something that we don't think about a whole lot because that's the only time I ever see live TV, I'll be honest, is when I'm at the gym and I'm like, it's right there in front of me. I'm, I'll, I'll take a look or whatever. But, you know, with streaming, we're so used to this instant gratification that we don't want to have commercials. We don't have that. So it, it is a good tactic on the live TV to be like, all right, well, we're going to have one begin instantly. So it's almost like the same sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it, here's, I mean, look, same here. And I've never really watched like, the what was it Pacific Rim franchise, yep. but literally the last time I actually watched live TV like that was they were playing the first one, and like at the, I watched like the last ten minutes of the first one and it transitioned into the second one on TNT. And again, I had it, I didn't watch it all the way through, but that was a good way of a non fan of those particular franchises to be like, oh wait, oh the first one ended, the, oh second one's about to yeah. start. So I was like, okay, now now it makes me want to probably get them on Blu-ray. 
and actually huh. watch them all the way through because it was interesting what I was seeing. But if you're, if you're a casual Star Wars fan in that nature, you're like, oh wait, there, there's a new hope, and oh wait, the Empire's coming on. I haven't really seen this one, or I haven't really paid attention to it. That's a perfect way to get another fan sucked in. Well, to the property. Well, well, see, here's the thing. Like with me, when I've had that happen before, I um, you know, I finished watching. Empire Strikes Back when it was on TNT before and you know it had the credit thing rolling and even me being a hardcore fan knowing Disney Plus seen the seen the original trilogy 10 million times I said well let me just stay here for another 20 minutes I'll watch until the first commercial break of Return of the Jedi right. you know and I and I I've done that before and then I then I change it or I just go do whatever I'm yeah. going to do but I'll watch till the first commercial break the first 15 or 20 minutes just because it's like it's Star mm-hmm. Wars and it's like hey I can watch 20 minutes of Star Wars real quick exactly Hell yeah, hell yeah. So, Milton, I hear that you went to a toy fair recently. Mm-hmm. Anything related yeah, to Star admit- Wars there? Say that again? It's kind of a dumb question, but anything related to Star Wars there? Anything oh, with toys, yeah. there's always yeah, Star you're, Wars. You're right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It is a dumb question, but it's a great question. You know, so let, let's, just, let's acknowledge that. Um, yes, yeah, so today I went to this place that's always, they do this once a month, like the next two towns over from where I live. And um, when I walked in today with my friend, we were looking. He's like, hey, what are you looking for today? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it has to, something has to pop. That's when I'll buy something at this particular like place. As we're looking around, I see this older guy, got to be in his 50s, mm-hmm. literally on his shoulder. He's carrying an Imperial at, at, no, uh, <laughs> S, is it, which one before, uh, well, the, the Walker? AT-AT. AT-AT. Yeah, on his shoulder that he just bought. Oh, it was like it was huge, and I was like, awesome. I said, "Damn, oh boy!" I was like, literally, I just I said, "I'm like, he's literally carrying a walker like it's nothing. It's like like holding a child." <laughs> um, and it was cool though because I was like, "Okay, now I may I might want to buy something." Um, so today there was a lot of Star Wars stuff. Like a lot was Legos. Hmm. A lot of it was Legos. Um, and I almost bought an X-wing Lego set. Ooh, it's like 140 pieces or maybe a little bit more than that. And it was like 35 bucks, the guy was telling me. And I was like, man, I should. But then it's like, I don't know where to put it if I put it together. Yep. You know, because I'm not, I'm not going to take it to my office and put it in there. I'd be too scared that someone's going to touch it. And then I saw today, this one guy had a black series. Uh, I think he had a black series uh, X-Wing or, or hmm. a Dar- Darth, no, was it X-Wing or Death Star? It was something. It was like 7,000 pieces or something. And it was, just, it was in the box. And I can tell he never really opened it. Because we, we joked about that. We're like, well, there's no point in even opening that type of like toy because it's 7,000 pieces, Black Series. You're, you should be too scared to lose a piece. He's, he said, that's exactly why I'm reselling it because I never opened it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. He was like selling it for like $500. Oh, maybe it so, was at that Yeah, there, there was Legos. There yeah. were um, ships. There were a lot, a lot of figs. Um, there was a whole bunch of like Power of the Force figures. Oh yeah, love those. Series, yeah. Because the one guy I walked up on, I was like, "Do you have any Power of the Force?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I got these right here." There's a couple Phantom Menace um mm. series ones. Um, yeah, I mean, and they have like the Hot Wheels, Star Wars oh, yeah. Hot Wheels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a mix of everything. Obviously, Funko Pops, they're always there, but. Yeah, these places that I go to, I usually try to look for like Star Wars, wrestling, or like vintage games. Um, my friend who I was with, he's a big Hot Wheels guy, so huh. he today bought like some Hot Wheel covers. 
And then we went to the home store that sponsors this event and th their Funko Pop is, collection is sick. Oh. And then they had a whole bunch of other Lego stuff there too. And we were looking at it as well. And they also had an Imperial Walker there too. That was pretty mm. dope. But um, yeah, I would always try to look, you said Star Wars, Hot Wheels, Funko, Power Rangers, um, wrestling and video games, that type of thing. So. Oh, okay. What was the last Man. wrestling thing you bought? You buy like What's the up? figure. You buy like what are they like six inch wrestling figures? Like, uh, yeah, they're they're about something? like oh, this big. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, I try to usually get guys that match up like a set. So, I mean, I don't know how big you are into wrestling, Chris. I have zero knowledge like, at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like end up like I'm an old school WWF, like like Monday Night War guy, WCW, WWF kid. Attitude Era. I'm sure Ben knows yep. what that is. Yep. Oh, yeah. like, I like the Love Heart it. Foundation. I like the NWO. I like the Nation of Domination. You know, Rock, Hogan, Austin. All those guys from mid-90s to, let's say, 1995 to 2003. Like, that's my era. Yep. Um, like, I'll, I'll give guys from that era because I just love that. That's my childhood. Mm -hmm. I mean, I watch wrestling a couple times a week when I'm like, I, I'm working out at the gym. I'll put a video on just to get hyped up or I got a group chat of wrestling buddies that we talk <laughs> wrestling and pay-per-views. You know, we're, we're going to WrestleMania next year in Philly. Oh, so. shoot. That's going to be huge. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, I have to figure out how I'm going to pay for it. But, you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah. So, because, I mean, that's that's WrestleMania. That comes once a year, but it's like they don't once ever in a make lifetime. it. Once in a lifetime. Yeah, it's, it's once in a lifetime. It's like celebration, hour. right? It goes somewhere different every year. Yeah, the difference is, though. Celebration does like their normal like routine of like Orlando's, uh, Anaheim, Chicago's. The, Phil, WrestleMania is such like they'll go to the big markets where like the newer stadiums were built, like the Los Angeleses, like yeah. the Florida, like the Texas. The last time they had WrestleMania in Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania was 1990, 1999 or 98. Dang. It was 99 because it, it was in the old Spectrum Stadium. Um, that was, nice. was I was a kid. I was 12 the last time it was here. <laughs> and then they had it in New Jersey at MetLife. Mm -hmm. I want to say in 2016. Yeah, I was kind of recent. I do remember people talking. Yeah, about but it. that was at MetLife, you know, whatever. That was brand new. That was one of the rare times you've had it in that New York metropolitan area. So if you're having it in my home state and I'm only two hours and change from it, might as well. Yeah, just just pay the hotel, just just splurge I mean, a little come bit. On, man. I I got people that live in over like in that area. Oh, I'll okay. figure out a way to stay with <laughs> no, I'll pay for the ticket because it's a two night event too. Oh, okay. Well, but yeah. I mean, like, anytime I go to these conventions or, or stores or comic book stores that are around me, like, I definitely try to make a point to look at things that you know I want to collect, but also I'm interested in you know Star Wars, Marvel, DC, whatever. I think it's important that people understand like how cool that stuff is just because if you're in your thirties and forties and even probably early fifties, you grew up on this stuff. You grew up mm -hmm. on comic books. You grew up on super Nintendo and Sega, you know, and dreamcast and game cubes and, you know, star Wars and GI Joe, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's nice to see that people are still interested in that. And they, they're your age and they look yeah. like you, they act like you. And it's kind of like that thing that brings everyone together. You know, there's so much drama 
and negativity and bullshit out in the world. And it's like when you go to these places, it goes out the window for like a good hour, hour and a half, two hours. You're like, you know what? It's okay just to be yourself and be a be a nerd and just chill, man. I love that. Oh yeah, Ben. So have you been anything like that recently? Like Milton's talking about? Um, nothing like that recently, but you know, those type of places, like we used to have a place, um, it was kind of like you know, some of the places you've described before, Milton, it was kind of like a vintage video game slash, um, mm. like, toy collector place we had here in town a few years ago, and they closed. That was open for so, I mean, my entire lifetime, literally until just two years ago, um, uh. basically. And uh, they were they were always a really great spot because, you know, they would have those, like, Power of the Force figures or the 64 games or the Super Nintendo games or those type of things. And, you know... Like, uh, being a Star Wars fan, it's always great seeing those type of things there because, you know, like you were saying, Milton, like, everybody that's, like, in their upper 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s right now, they were either kids or in their 20s when all of these things were coming out. Like, you know, people that are around 50 now are, you know, were probably, like, 25 years old, 26 years old in the 90s. So, like, yeah. you know, they, they, um... You know, they grew up with those things. If they were Star Wars fans, they were like we are right now, like younger 20s and 30s, you know, getting these figures and stuff. So, like, that's always, like, a great part of the Star Wars fandom, in my opinion. And, like, especially when it comes, like, for me, um, God, if I would go to any of these things that have, like, the power of the Force figures, I would have to, like, lock my wallet in the car or something because I would probably be irresponsible on it on nostalgia because yeah. i'd be like oh man i need this i need this i need this and i'm like yeah you know i'd mega impulse buy when it comes to like some of those nostalgia bait things yeah well yeah. that's so funny too because the day before we went to this one mall in, in maryland huh. and I, again i'm a huge sports fan as you know we all are well chris i don't know about you you i don't know if you even <laughs> like sports like that <laughs> Not and really. I know you do. <laughs> yep. um and like and you, i'm sure you heard of the store like bleacher bums or like hybrid sports or that type of thing yep but like when I walk into these places, it's like, man, I want this, I want that, blah blah. Like I'm like that when I go to these conventions too, because like I said, power of the force figures. Like I think of like the the commercials when I was a child, you yep. know. Like like there there was a figure there that was like a to Toys R Us exclusive Whoa, back really? in like late 2000 or early 2000s. It's like, yeah, I remember that. I remember how hot that was. Mm. But your parents about going to Toys R Us, you know, like. <laughs> Now I can order stuff off of Amazon or like anything online, you know, to get something right. Back in the day, you see a commercial, you're like, oh my, sold at Toys R Us. You're like, can we go to Toys R or KB Toys? Can yeah, KB, to KB Toys. KB Toys, yep. Hey, oh, shout out KB Toys. <laughs> you, know, look, you know what I'm saying? Like, can we go here? And you go to these places and like, that was like your reward for the week mm -hmm. as a child. You're like, oh yep. my God, I'm going to look at like this video game or like, I'm gonna look at this figure or blah 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 blah. Like again, I remember I'll never forget my birthday in 1999. Okay. Phantom Menace came out Same. that May. And I know for a fact, because the tape came out quick that year. I was even thinking about it now. I'm surprised we got it so quick. My birthday is July 29th. And I remember I got the Phantom Menace tape that summer. I don't know how. And I wore that thing out, but I remember like bugging my parents about going to like KB Toys uh -huh. and other places like to get like the uh, Star Wars action figure or get into like the movie. You know, cause I think they sold the movies at those toy stores too sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, like I'll never forget that 1999 birthday. I was 11. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it was awesome. Like 
Well, just going to Toys R Us, just getting figures or KB toys or whatever. It's like, well, yeah. well, that's well, that's one of the biggest parts. Like being a Star Wars fan is like getting these collectors' items and whether they be figures or lightsabers, or whatever. Like I just retro over on my dresser right now. Like oh. I got Luke, I got Luke's lightsaber, you know, a couple years ago, and yeah. like that one, that lightsaber. <laughs> You know, I I had never bought an, a collect like a really nice collectible like that because that's a metal metal saber and all that. Oh. And like and like eventually, I was like, I was thinking the one day I was like, you know what? I've never bought myself like something really nice like collectible wise. So I was like, you know what? I paid the 150 bucks for it, mm. and and it's it's awesome. You know, you can take the blade out. It has like a display stand. Uh. You can set the hilt on like yeah. all this stuff. It has a wall mount thing. Like those type of things. Like sure, don't get me wrong. It's just sitting on my dresser there but like like that's a collectible i'll be able to keep forever and you know it's the famous skywalker saber so it's just i don't know like those type of collectibles i think are just uh so nice to have whether it be those whether it be some of the figures like one of my favorite figures i have from years ago was the uh it's like from Attack of the Clones. It's a Jango Fett figure Ooh. that lets you totally take all the armor off, so he's oh. just in the Kamino garb. Or you can put the armor on, and and it's literally every single armor piece you imagine, like the oh. upper arm, the forearm, the glove. Everything comes are individual pieces. Like it's literally like a twenty piece armor set. Like wow. every armor piece is individual and an individual plate, so you can like fully customize like Jango Fett's look and everything. So it's like. It's one of the coolest like figures I have from back then from Attack of the Clones. Like, I have that one, and I mean I have plenty of those other ones probably up in the attic. But um, but yeah, like those figures and a lot of those things, you know, were such like a great part of like all of our childhoods. And I'm sure plenty of our listeners and viewers on here childhoods, like you know, people in our 20s, 30s, 40s range, like especially. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, it's it's great, but it's also kind of crazy because I look at my my niece and my nephew and they don't have anything like that or at least the kids don't care that much these days about stuff right. like well they have that tablets they have the tablets so yeah but say they got they got everything's instant gratification and, and i don't want to i don't want this to turn into you know get off my lawn type old person <laughs> it's not that because again i'm i i like video games too and i'm sure the generation before us will say well those kids had super nintendo or they had sega saturn and playstation blah 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 like, but you're right though. I don't know any kids that are in that are in their tweens or even younger that's saying, "Hey, I want to get uh, this figure." Blah 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 blah. Whatever brand of brand out there currently, mm-hmm. I think it's just not really pushed by the companies now to say, "Well, kids need to have the hard material." It's more visual. It's like I want to be a YouTuber, you know, yep. and I want to entertain people virtually. Now you still have people that do uh, look at look at the population or the ones that do have the YouTube channels that are unboxing. Mm-hmm. They're probably older, our age, with the figures because they're like, oh, this is where like we were when we yes. were kids. Like I play with this stuff, so I'm gonna use this platform to get that population. The younger crowd's like, no, let me just watch the game, watch me play. And I'm like, all right, that's not really well, me. Well, Milton, I have a prime example of that. So I have a younger cousin who's he's he's 11 years old, and you know I don't. I don't recall other than when he was literally a baby, him having toys like the past two, three years, like his age is like nine, 10, 11, that range. All he's asked for for Christmas are like, you know, your like 
virtual gift cards for games and stuff and like <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. they they don't even want anything to do with like like physical toys man this sounds like an old man yelling at lawn at yelling at oh, cars, no. but 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 it's true it's just the truth like that's the truth though when it comes to this sort of stuff like and that's why i mean i guess like you know the those, those young kids are passionate about their virtual stuff but we like our our old figures. <laughs> uh, we like the tangible oh, it, it, elements of being able to pick yeah. up and then and, and well, have well, like, stories like physical, that we make uh, well, with, with the, well, the figures. Like you, we'd all make yeah. storylines of, oh, Dash Rendar is getting his that router. He's gonna take out, yep. uh, you know, Zizor. Then you have Luke Skywalker coming into a system. Like you had all these like, you'd use your room, you'd use books, you would use anything you could to like make up like little terrain and stuff like that like okay yeah. this guy's gonna go out i would literally be playing in the same room like for like three hours just straight just like going up and down the stairs like with the fighters like yeah like you know yeah facts here's the thing i don't know if i ever told you guys this you know because again you guys know you know i like comic books i just don't read them like you do chris yeah and like i do collect the ones that i do like like so i'm looking for the vader ones right now when i was a child i used to make my own comic books like i used to mm -hmm. like take you know, the old school white paper with the blue lines, whatever, and used to draw like comic book strips. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I used to like, I, like, I just love that type of physical play. You know, and oh. I think that's what comes down to it. It's physical play of whether it's figures, you know, you make your own terrain. Um, It's toys that, that you play with. You're drawing your comic books out, like, to me, that's how I was able to stimulate myself and get away from like the real world problems as a young kid. And I think a lot of kids now, their, their way of physical play is virtually. They play with the street, they stream, you know, it's whatever. And that's mm -hmm. fine, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I, I'd rather just honestly, I always joke with my, my friends. I say, if I had money like this, I told my brother and my brother-in-law yesterday, if we just had random money sitting around, I would buy half the stuff that I see at these places. And just either like collect it or mm -hmm. put it together myself and just like display it like that would be like the dopest thing to do just because oh yeah nah just yeah, that. worry about the space my, <laughs> my my uh my girlfriend's brother-in-law she's probably gonna like roll her eyes because i'm telling this story i don't care <laughs> like when i first when i first met him his name is rob he's got he showed me his like his collection of stuff he, he's our age he's a little bit older than me it was so cool though because it's like man he's just like one of us and he's got the comic books he's got figures he got game mm. systems it's like yes there is a, a there is there are people out there like us that likes to do this still and, and these are very successful people that just like to have a hobby on the side and i'm like how dope is this yeah we're getting you know? into that day and age where our generation is is literally well we're adults but now we're cementing ourselves and now we have you know, some income that we could spend uh, extra on some stuff, some of us. And it's like, now we're seeing the fruits of that. <laughs> it's interesting. Like, oh, yeah, what would we think of when we were 10? Like, how we're going to be when we're 35 or 40, right? And it's like, oh, all of a sudden you see, like, oh, yeah, we're just this. We, we, we like to think we're we're young, even though we're older now. <laughs> you know, we were, we're all kids at heart. Like, I, I, I've been taking out my skateboard that I bought literally last week because I started doing that again. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm a kid again, going down, going down freaking half pipes and stuff. You know, I'm trying to do all this stuff that I was when I was 17. It's, it's okay so far, but, uh, <laughs> I like to think that I try to try to infuse myself, um, with, with life by just 
doing the things I love still when I have the chance. Yeah, oh, yeah. I won't be on no skateboard. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, no, that that will not happen over here either. <laughs> well, I realized that, oh my gosh, if I actually get hurt, then I'm kind of going to be out of work, which would actually be a lot more of a problem than it was when I was seven, you know, 15 or 16. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, I just walk around school with a cast. It's like, oh no, I can't physically work anymore for like six weeks if I break a bone now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta watch that. Um, but yeah, I mean, those were all good times and everything. And I mean, gosh, guys, gosh, Milton, you you gave us a good uh, opening talking point there, and kind of just like dwarfed my little my little baby weekend Star Wars is tiny compared to that. But uh, but no, my my uh, my week this week was just kind of like I had a good laugh actually. I was I've been listening to the. Uh, the uh, the Thrawn trilogy, the original Thrawn trilogy from the '90s, and I'm on the second book. Actually, I just finished it, but it's so funny mm. in these first in the first two books, an heir to the Empire and Dark Force Rising. Like, I love Star Wars. Like, I'm one of those people. You know, I always send you Star Wars stuff all the time, Milton on Instagram. But I'm one of those mm. people that you know, Star Wars is something we can like. I love it so I can like laugh and poke fun at like some of the funny memes and just some of the some of, you know some of the funny quirkiness of Star Wars. And even in the greatness that is the original Thrawn trilogy, it's hilarious like so in the uh the first book, Luke uh Luke's talking about this exotic drink that Lando introduces him to and he's like describing this exotic drink and the exotic taste of it and everything and and he's like he eventually gets to what it is, and it's hot chocolate. And I'm oh, like dying yeah. laughing. And, That's and, the big and, thing, yeah. Yep, I was I was cracking up laughing so much, and Luke was like, "Oh, this is this is like such a tasty exotic drink." Blah 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 blah. That was in the first book, and then in the second book, like I said, I just finished Dark Force Rising. Yep. And Luke's Luke's at this bar, and he orders a hot chocolate when he's at the bar, and it's just it's hilarious because it's like. You know, you have this amazing story, and then you still have quirkiness in Star Wars, even in right. these like basically perfect books that they are. You still have the quirkiness of Star Wars that Luke's having hot chocolate at a bar. Yeah, I forget what what canon novel it was or or comic book it could have been, but they've introduced coffee in the Star Wars uh, in the in year twenty twenty three. Yeah, they call but, it like calf or something. Like but no, 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 like they they yeah they usually do. But this is the first instance of me literally reading the word coffee in Star Wars canon. Like mm -hmm. they just put it out there and i was the only one that said something about it so it wasn't just me so i was like hmm is right. there actually a difference between calf and coffee like what is this because calf was supposed to be the star wars equivalent of coffee and then that's a whole nother discussion for another day it's just the fact of like the um real world isms in star wars is getting like right. more and more well, they, you know yeah well they, they they tried to pull that and uh the last Jedi when they had hucks or an oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. The, the mama jokes or something I'm yeah like, they your mama joke I'm like, all right, this is whack. I'm like, stop with that. Um, and actually, I wanted to remind myself, too, about another Star Wars this week. Yesterday, so I, I mentioned earlier on this podcast, I went to a funeral yesterday uh, for, for my, my, my grandfather. So afterwards, my brothers and sisters and I, we went down to this mall. And we were hanging out. And we, my brother and my, brother my brother-in-law went to this arcade. First thing I said to them, I was like, we got to play. Star Wars arcade game. Mm -hmm. And they were like, and Chris, my brother Chris was like, which one was that again? And they thought it was pinball. And I'm like, oh no, this is nope. the Sega one where you're like, 
with the thing and like you, you're going on like the trench run or whatever. Like I was hyped to play this because every time I go to any car arcade, I look for that game. So we get to this arcade. I know where it's at. I'm thinking, oh, it's over here. We get there out of commission. Like I was so mad. Ooh, like how was that? Like it was like offline or something was wrong with it. But I was like, damn it. Like I was so looking mm. forward to this because I wish I can have this system in my home because I'll play it every day if I could. Yeah, was it was it the Battle Pod? It, no, it's the Star Wars Trilogy Arcade. Okay, because like, they have the Battle Pod, which is even better now. No, I haven't. I don't, I don't know if I played that one, but this is the one that came out like 1997. Oh, yeah, I know that, that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, You know, where like if you do like the mm-hmm. trench run, you do the trench run, you do the Hoff Planet or yep. the Hoff uh, Snow Battle, you do the uh, indoor yep. speeder part. And if you beat those... You can either be Luke Skywalker fighting mm-hmm. Boba Fett, yep. and Saber, or fighting Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. yeah, I always try to play those when, when I go to an arcade. They they have the Battle Pod, which is like the updated version of that. I don't know if it's like the same developer or not, but yeah, that one is always fun. Like every time we go to New York Comic Con, or it's like an after party I go to every year. It's Sonic Boombox. It's at this Bullmore place, which is just like you know they have bowling and a bunch of arcade games. Anyway, I always play that. It's it's fun because it's actually like. A, it's like a like a capsule. It almost looks like Darth Vader's meditation chamber. Like it's a yeah. self-contained thing, and you have to open up a door to go in, and you, and it like blocks out like all the lights around you, so you feel like totally immersed in this like chair and everything. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's kind of like well, I think Ben, you liked my picture on Instagram yesterday with me and my brother. We were playing the Halo. Oh um, yeah. Kind of. It's kind of like that. Like we're like you're sitting in the middle of it though. Yeah. With the actual stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of dope. Yeah. So I guess we'll get into the show proper after a 30-minute intro. That's what happens when uh, there's no news to talk about. So that's a sneak preview. Absolutely nothing to talk about, but a cool discussion (laughs) topic. But before we get there, uh, a little slight change in how we do things here on the channel. Um, I'm going to have the audio versions come out on Wednesdays or late Tuesday nights. And you can always catch us on Sundays now at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time or starting uh, the week off or the weekend, however you want to put it, um, by being available to chat at a seven, on 7 o'clock. As people are winding down the week, they're getting ready for the new week, you can go ahead and hang out with us in the chat and talk about all things Star Wars. So there you go. We did have a couple releases this week. We have three comics. Uh, I have a video for all these three that I reviewed. We have Dr. Aphra issue number 32, Son of Star Wars issue number four, and the High Republic Adventures issue number five. So you can catch all those in my weekly roundup video of the comics. There is one actual announcement. It has to do with the comics. There is a Dark Droid D-Squad miniseries announced. Uh, This is a part of this big Star Wars event that's happening this summer, which is going to be a horror type of thing, which is going to involve something called the Scourge, um, which is going to be like a big virus thing that goes between all machines, cyborgs, different things. It's going to screw up all these people, all these different droids and whatnot, and cause havoc. So this is going to spin out of that. And basically, this is a story about R2-D2 with a bunch of droids, including 4LOM, IG-88. Uh, we got this WAC-37 guy. We have uh, a couple others. But yeah, this is basically like the Suicide Squad of Star Wars with droids. So I'm looking forward to that because it actually takes a page out of, I would say, an infamous Clone Wars arc 
with good old Mieber Gascon and A Sunny Day in a Void. If that rings a bell, then this is sort of like an homage to that, including the little pit droid character is actually going to be part of this team. So, yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything to say about that, if you guys are a fan of the D-Squad or anything like that, but this came out of nowhere. It's like, okay, this is... I'm, I'm looking forward to this. The only reason that was even on my arc, or like that arc of those droids were on, on my radar, was just because I was scrolling through Instagram the other day and saw a, a clip of George Lucas like talking about that specific droid arc ah, yeah, um, yeah, from yeah. Clone Wars. And like... Um, I saw because he was just saying it like in a joking way, but like Dave was asking him, he was like, so what's like your favorite arc from Clone Wars or whatever? And he's like, oh, it's the droid arc or, you know, whatever and blah, blah, blah. Like he like talked about it and they were just like (laughs) laughing. So like, that's the only reason that was even on my radar. But, uh, if it wasn't for that, I probably haven't thought of that arc in a very long time. What about you, Milton? Did you like that arc of the little toad guy just running around droids and going in circles? No, sounds stupid to me. <laughs> I'm just keeping it 100, dude. Like, like, I, not interested. It's it's, it's it's a it's terrible. That that is like the worst arc of Clone Wars, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, it, it was, was fine. Like, right, I, like, I, those are the ones that you skip through. <laughs> I mean, I like the thing with with Gregor as a Republic Commando because me as a fan of those type of units, I'm just like, oh my gosh, we actually get to see a Republic Commando in a TV series, kicking mm-hmm. butt. And mm-hmm. luckily we see them come later. So anyway, that comic, I don't even know when it's coming out, but the event starts in August, so probably August or September. And with that, we're going to kick it into our main topic for this evening. As the title suggests, today we are talking about our go-to Star Wars stories. That can include movies, TV, animation, audio dramas, whatever you consume, whatever Star Wars stories that are your comfort food. These are the Star Wars stories we're talking about tonight. There are those stories that no matter what mood you're in, no matter how you're feeling, no matter how much time you have, no matter what you're doing, maybe you turn these on in the background as a go-to thing, these are the Star Wars stories that we specifically go to. So I'll kick this one off to kind of start it off. And I actually got this topic today while I almost, you know, we're, we're getting used to this new recording schedule. And I'll be honest, I was doing stuff. And I realized, oh, crap, I have a podcast today. <laughs> a little last bit there. I was like, oh, crap, I got to get I got to get a topic. But the la- literally yesterday, I've been working on constructing these Star Wars Shatterpoint miniatures. They're a brand new Star Wars miniature game came out over the weekend. And um, so it's a lot of work gluing these things. There's a lot of time devoted to that. So rather than be there in silence, I was like, oh, you know what? This 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 new miniature game looks a lot like Clone Wars. The characters are designed to look like their Clone Wars are a little bit more elongated and stylized. So I was like, I'm going to put on the Clone Wars from the first episode and just have that in the background as I'm working on these miniatures. And that's not the first time I've actually done that. So then I got to think, I'm like, yeah, this is like a good go-to Star Wars. Like the Clone Wars for me is just like something really fun that is also like I've seen it a bunch of times. So I kind of know what's going on, obviously, but... It varies so much, and I like the idea that you, you have different arcs, and you could just go through, and it's like, hey, I feel like watching the Umbar arc, or I like watching the Malevolent arc, or whatever like that. So so for me, Clone Wars is a nice little entry point, and there's so many episodes, over 100 episodes, that you can kind of start in the middle, start, you know, or start at, like, you know, Mandalore, Siege of Mandalore, that's an amazing four-episode little arc right there, so... 
Yeah, I don't know if you guys uh, have anything specific you want to start off. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you first uh, over there, Ben. Um, talking about the Clone Wars, or just um, and from my from my uh, anything, my anything thing. really. If it overlaps, if we're, we're probably gonna have things that overlap, obviously, and we okay. can all just chime in when we do that. Yeah, but more all of right, an open so, forum discussion, I guess you could say. Yep, yep. So for me, you know, the Clone Wars—that's a really good arc. Or that's a really good good arc. Yeah, a good arc <laughs> if you're gonna watch two hundred some episodes or however many there are. Um but yeah, that's a good that's a really good you know, throw on in the background type thing. Um because like you said, you we know what's going on generally with that and you know it's it's always fun. But for me, I would say especially as of late, since I'm back on Audible now, I mm-hmm. I am one hundred percent in the like audiobook thing now with Star Wars. And so so as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I I currently have just finished up Heir to the Empire and Dark Force Rising. And you know, I'm gonna be getting uh the last command here in a, a week and a half when I get my next credit for Audible. <laughs> and I would say like for me for sure, like and right now and then I would see presumably going forward just because I own them now. You know, it'll be like this Thrawn trilogy from Timothy Zahn from the 90s because it's so good. And like the chapters are all anywhere between 25 to 40 minutes. So you could easily put on a chapter like when you're doing laundry, when you're working out, when you're on a walk, when you're doing dishes, when you're just chilling, you know, like with the miniatures or whatever, you know, like anything like that, you can just throw on a chapter of these of the uh the thrawn books and they're just so good like the characters that's one thing about zan with this trilogy like it feels like he really knows every single character like really knows them like he has luke like the way luke's described and and like the way luke does everything in these books like it's like what we would imagine like luke to be you know after episode six like he's he's the hero he's heroic he's you know, doing awesome Jedi stuff, like, you know, different, you know, the typical, like, awesome Jedi stuff he does. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, you know, he describes Hanwell, Leia, well, even Chewie, um, and then, of course, Thrawn. And then the cool thing is, like, the way, like, Zahn connects, like, di- different parts of the book, like, little details in the book at the beginning, you know, they tie back in clear something clear three quarters of the way through the book. Like, just little things like that, you know, make this book series so dang good. And the fact that it's on Audible makes mm. it even more fun. As I always say, I highly recommend Audible to anybody that doesn't do it or doesn't have it or even just listening to any other form of audiobooks that you can get your hands on because it's like listening to a movie. Like, you know, all three of us here and any of our listeners or viewers or any hard, more hardcore Star Wars fans, when you're... I, I'm not sure about you guys, but for me personally... When I'm listening to a Star Wars book, I know Star Wars so well in terms of like the visual styles, the way the characters look, everything. I can visualize a movie in my head when I'm listening to to it, you know? So like to me, like when I'm listening to like these Thrawn books, I can picture Luke doing this like heroic shit or like Han Solo with Lando. Oh, Lando's another big character in these books. Like I can picture Han and Lando doing these things. I can picture Mara Jade. I can picture Thrawn like... The way he walks, the way he talks, everything like, you know, I can picture a lot of these things because I, you know, we know Star Wars so well, so I can almost picture it as a movie. It's like when I'm listening to these, these audible books, it's just, Mm. 
it's just basically like listening to a movie at this point for me because the the way they do audible um one thing's for sure shout out to mark thompson the author he's he's the best best goat author there is in terms of narrating well, but like he's the, not an author. He's he's just a I mean, well, narrator. Well, yeah, narrator. narrator, yeah, narrator. Yeah, <laughs> obviously <laughs> Timothy's on. But yeah, you know where I was going with that. But but the good thing about the Audible books and Milton, you know this especially. Like I love with the the audio books. Um, you know, like I said, especially with this trilogy, like they have all the sound effects that you'd imagine, like like the doors opening up, the ships, mm-hmm. the lightsabers, um, the beeps from R two, like mm-hmm. you know all the all the different little things, details of like a Star Wars movie are thrown in to these books. Like even like the sound, like the stormtroopers when they talk, you know, it's like the electronic, like the voiceover sounding mm-hmm. a stormtrooper would sound like stuff like mm-hmm. that, like like those little details. It makes it sound like you're listening to a movie basically. So like for me. It's one hundred percent the um the Thrawn trilogy and then just Star Wars audiobooks as a as a whole. Yeah, that's right. interesting. Um, because the way you experience it, you're explaining then is a great concept of just not knowing what the images look like, but but knowing so much about the world that you're able to actually kind of piece it together in your mind. And I think that will lend to a lot of like re-listenability because you don't exactly know what it looks like, but you can kind of piece it together every time and get like more of a different concept. For me specifically, I yeah. I don't know if I've ever really read a Star Wars book more than once. I really don't know. Like for me, like I, I read a book and I go right on to the next one. Uh mainly because there's just so many out there that I'm like, oh I don't know if but I understand like the idea of like the the want uh to go back and, and experience something like that. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh. Uh because for oh, me yeah. I just that's a whole nother thing I've kind of untouched by me. I know you and Milton both do the audio books a lot. Um, mm. And I see the value in that. I really do. I, I mean, I listen to the audio dramas when they come out for like Dooku Jedi Lost or the High Republic ones or Dr. Afra, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I know Milton, what you're probably going to say already about, oh. about all this is you're probably going to, I bet you're going to put out the radio dramas, aren't you? Oh, for sure. Listen, <laughs> you already know. And, and, and here's the thing. And I'm a. I'll speak on that briefly. I I knew my like, converse. I knew my point was going to lead into Milton's perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, because because the radio dramas, as you guys know, I got you. I talked about that for a while. I think I stand by those. Some of the best storytelling of the original trilogy I've ever heard, especially the first two, because Empire and New Hope. They really flushed it out with things that were in a script that was never in the movie. Mm. You know, they, they kind of added some of it, and, and they've, they've embellished on it, but, you know, they really fleshed it out. I think that audio drama, those are some of the first early Star Wars dramas on tape that really used the sound effects. Uh-huh. Those books came out, I think the, the radio dramas were like 1980, I think three for New Hope, I think yep. 80-something for... Um, for Empire and in ninety something for Return of the Jedi, but the way they they use the sound effects because Ben you brought this point up that's some of the first times they started using the Star Wars sound effects mm. in these albums and even these books. Now you go back and listen to the audio books on tape back in the seventies, nineties, and eighties. They weren't really using a lot of those sound effects. It was just reading, and they would just read mm. next page or whatever. I think around time of like 2000 2001 2002 they started really incorporating the sound effects of the movies which is awesome so that's my hot take on that but yeah radio dramas 
jump on that. Like I'm telling you, if you're if you're an original trilogy fan or want to hear what that sounds like, check it out because it will just make you want to go watch the movies for sure. Oh yeah, the the radio dramas are excellent. Like for example, you know, as you know, Milton, the A New Hope radio drama, the first 35 minutes is basically a lot of the deleted scenes like Biggs and Luke, yeah. like, you know, those deleted scenes you see like on, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, that's basically fleshed out leading up to the opening of A New Hope. So like, yeah, yeah, it's it's and, so and cool. And then mm. some of the stuff that with, with Princess Leia and her dad dealing with the imper- the Imperial like guys yeah. that are like coming to their, like, hell, I think was it her dad kills yeah. Someone in, in the, 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 the imperial guy that was that was basically saying you know if you I'll marry me if you marry me i'll uh yeah. i'll uh like call off the dogs wow. basically yeah wow. it's like you don't get that in the movie and it's like damn like this is a dope we put in the film but mm. yeah anyway that, that that's another podcast for another day i can talk about those rated dramas for two hours facts <laughs> um yeah a go-to story of mine and i have a whole bunch because you know i'm a huge audio drama guy or audiobook guy I mean, I've talked about this probably numerous times, but those Legacy of the Force books for me are, are just amazing storytelling. Perfect. And that, if, if people who don't know, that's that's post Yuzhong Vong War. Uh-huh. Luke is a Grand Jedi Master. Jason Solo, Jaina, Mara. Ben Skywalker are like the, the the main characters. So the main focus of this trill or these series of books, Darth Kytus, aka. And Skywalker or uh, Jason Solo or I guess Kylo Ren, they knocked them off. But um, yeah, th- those books to me, they, I mean, they, they hold up to this day. I, what, I, what do you think it is about them that makes you keep going back to them over and over? Again? They're they're perfect. Yeah, I mean, they're they're they are the sequel trilogy of the kids that we wanted to see. I mean, and again, I'm I'm not going to knock the Disney trilogy right now. That's just not why we're here. Am, am I a huge fan of that? Not really. However. These books in particular, you had the blueprint right there with these nine books. You know, you, you could have tweaked it. You could have made it work for Disney. But oh, my God, it's perfect storytelling. Now, yeah, there are some things about those stories that are off and a little wonky and it could have been done better. However, for 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 as a fan of Star Wars as a child, and you see Return of the Jedi and that concludes. OK, what happens to Luke, Han and Leia afterwards? You're thinking, man, what is that like? And then you get the. New Jedi Order books, which is Yuzhong Vong War, which is Luke in his prime, and the kids yeah. are like, Jason and Jana, I think, are teenagers at that point. And then Ben wasn't born yet. Anakin Solo's around, but he, spoilers, he dies. And I think Chewie dies in those books as well. Yeah, in like, like the second book. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, wow, like that's a good way to start off post-Return of the Jedi. And then it's like 10 years later with the... the um, I can see all the force and it's like, okay, Jason Solo and Jaina and, and Ben at this point is born and he's 13 years old. Like mm. they are like the lead and they're, they're the next generation. Like what does that look like for us? And then you get kind of that repetitiveness of Anakin Skywalker and Jason Solo's storyline mm. of like, you know, the secret daughter, the secret marriage. Mm. And at that point, the Jedi weren't dogmatic about their relationships in this book, but Jason was hiding it because he was so fearful of, of the of the um of the dark side like destroying the galaxy so he tried to protect it and it was fearfulness and he pretty much was echoing his grandfather and it's like man how dope is that and that was when the prequels were like coming out yeah it's like how fire is that um to me those books are very re-listenable if they were movies are rewatchable 
mm. and they were very rich in details. It made it challenged you as a Star Wars fan. It made yeah. you excited. It visually stimulated you without seeing it. You're like, I can hear it. And like, oh my God, I can imagine what that looks like. It, the the battle between Jason and Jaina in the final book, you're like, mm. man, how dope is that? And I know for a fact someone made a fan film of that fight between those siblings. Mm. It's like, how dope would that be live action? I mean, I can always go to those and be like, okay, I'm good. I can listen to all nine of them straight and be happy. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's a thing. That's a big factor in this conversation, right? Is we're, we're talking about a lot of things that are digital, uh, meaning for me, that's easy to consume, easy to uh, be able to watch or listen because of the power of the internet and the power of streaming. We don't have to like ruffle through a bunch of books that are stacked up or anything like that. We have stuff that's like, in, like we said before, instant gratification um, coming back full circle with that, where it's like, okay, we have Disney Plus. We could turn on whatever movie you want, whatever series. We have Audible. We can listen to like whatever it is at the, you know, at our fingertips, all like thousands of hours worth of content to to consume there um speaking of disney yeah. plus i'm going to transfer over to uh, another one of mine i'm going to kind of go into something that's a given this this one's a complete given i want to i'm going to talk about the live action series and of course mandalorian i think mandalorian is something that i could always turn on in the background whenever because just the style of it is it's star wars at its heart even though it's not centralized around a jedi but it's got that that popcorny kind of action vibe that there's always within a couple minutes there's always something like really cool happening on the screen so if i'm doing something else i have that on be like oh yeah that part's really cool when he fights those those trandoshans in the in the second episode that are jumping and, and ambushing him or or oh yeah let's let's look at season three and seeing the big battle uh at the end with all those different storylines with the moff mcginney moff gideon and everybody fighting like so for me it's like yeah the mandalorian's great because they're like 30 minute episodes you can get through a, a decent amount of the season pretty quickly um, without you even realizing it. And it's just something like once it's on, it's kind of like I get glued to it. I'm like, all right, I, I'm going to sit down and watch it. Next thing you know, I'm watching three more episodes and it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, it's. Oh, go ahead, ben. oh I was going to say, yeah, well, like when it comes to The Mandalorian, like it's definitely one of those shows and just in general, not even just Star Wars, just one of those shows you can put on as a background thing like you said you know you'll get hooked into the next episode the next episode and if you just want to watch an episode as a one-off like if you're eating lunch or something you can do that as well like i found plenty of times before you know where i'm getting ready for bed and i literally will just turn on like the mandalorian season one and just let it play and i fall asleep and it's just on just because it's it's so good um and I don't know. It just flows so well for a show, really. Like, it's especially the first, you know, say what you want about the third season, but the first two seasons are so strong. And, you know, you can turn those on and just let them play on loop. Mm -hmm. And, yep. you know, you're, you're entertained. And, and like, that's, that's one of the most important things to me when it comes to, like, consuming um, Star Wars content that is rewatchable. Um, that's an easy watch. Like, for example, um, okay, one movie. I'll like I like Rogue One for example. But for me Rogue One isn't a throw on in the background exactly. Star Wars movie. It's yep. not. Like but for me in comparison if you're talking Star Wars movies like of course like it's like we're on the Mandalorian subject but when you're talking about like say Rogue One a, a Star Wars movie to me that's rewatchable to throw on in the background is Return of the Jedi. Like it's it's upbeat. There's like 
it's just more like I think visually stimulating and like you know you have that type of a comparison or even even Rogue One versus Revenge of the Sith Revenge of the Sith is pretty much go 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 from the jump so you know you have those varying aspects so like that's mm-hmm. that's one really key part of the Mandalorian is it's pretty like go 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 so yeah. like there's not a lot of downtime where you're like oh man skip 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 like it's just there's always something going on exactly I agree. No, I, I agree with those those choices and and which reminds me because tomorrow um like me and the me and the girlfriend are hanging out and she actually put this out to me today she was like what do you want to do tomorrow She's like, do you want to get together and watch like a Star Wars movie we talked about or go hiking or something, blah, blah, blah. And I was saying, oh, we can do whatever. But now you mentioned Revenge of the Sith because that's the one we need her and I need to watch. Still, she hasn't watched it yet. And so now to make me think, I should just watch that with her tomorrow because that is one of my rewatchable movies. Mm -hmm. That's where I can go to all day. I think you're right. Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi. I throw Empire Strikes Back in there too. Oh, yeah. Empire is really, really stimulating throughout. Like it's. It has its um like the Luke training stuff is slower but it's impactful like when you're watching it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Craig. Uh, no, I just want to say I think it's great, Ben, that you you put out there an example of something you wouldn't want to watch because I think it's easy yeah. to confuse um sort of like this discussion of like oh yeah we're gonna just go like go to Star Wars okay so just throw the best stuff out there. Even the best stuff out there, I'll be the first to admit, okay, I'm the only one on this that really loves Andor. But I wouldn't consider Andor something, like, if I had a rough day or something and I'm in a bad mood. But but you won't throw that on when you're building miniatures. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, this is just not doing it for me right now. I have to, to, like, pay attention. I have to be focused. And if I'm, you know, it's a little bit darker and stuff. And same thing with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Like, I plan on rewatching that, but I would have to be in a certain mood to rewatch exactly. Obi-Wan because I, I know there's a lot of things in there I like, but it's also a more somber story. It's a little bit more slower pace. It's not your typical, usual Star Wars, right? So there's different examples uh, that I could consider like that. Like, I yeah. I necessarily wouldn't put on Star Wars Resistance either. You know, it's just yeah. like, it's something that I watched once and it's, it's fun for its different moments, but not something that I'm going to just, that's going to be my top five, you know? Right, right. Well, I agree, and and I think, I think too. I mean, that's a great point, Brent. Because I I love Rogue One, but you're right. It's one of those ones that you just can't watch on command. Like you got to be. I skipped to the watch. final twenty minutes. Well, <laughs> even that though, because I I love the whole yeah. Rogue One movie, but it's like okay, yeah. if, if I know I'm planning out to watch a marathon, if I know if I'm telling myself this week I'm feeling Star Wars this week, like, should I watch the original trilogy, the prequels? Why well, think I'm gonna start off watching Rogue One and get me worked into the originals, like? That's when you throw that on to just kind of get you revved up going to New Hope. Or if you got the prequels, hey, I want to see from Revenge of the Sith to Rogue One, or you want to throw Andor in there. That type. If you want to, hey, get up to watching Rogue One, hey, I'm going to watch Andor seasons one and two when season two comes out. But you're right. Some of these things aren't really the go-to properties, and that's okay. They're not trash, not bad. It's just They're just not, they're not go-to Oh man, this is how I'm gonna introduce a, like a random fan to mm-hmm. it. Nah, you, you might want to ease them into it and then get to the more serious stuff, like you know that type of um, story later. So yeah, exactly. A good example. That's a great example. Is these are the types of things that you might have on as somebody visits you, or for like Ben. I know you do like those family parties sometimes, and yep. you have a Star Wars movie on or something like. You're, it's you always might, the OT. You might not necessarily get somebody in on 
watching Attack of the Clones right away, you know, yeah. or Phantom Menace even, right? Like that's just, it's out there enough where it's not, you know, it's not the go-to. Whereas if you had A New Hope or Empire, those right. Return, that those are the ones that are going to, gonna get most people i think to be to be engaged without necessarily having any baggage or anything i agree and i mean and i think i mean i think the prequels are, are there too in a sense of like because they, they've been out for what 25 years at this point mm -hmm. 25 years mm -hmm. but I, I think people have appreciated that i think all the all the clone wars all the prequel content kind of helped strengthen that particular oh, yeah. trilogy but i think you can go you can put that on in the background too and be like oh wait oh that's that's young 3PO or young Anakin or Obi-Wan Kenobi, blah, blah, blah. And with those actors still being working till, till the, at this day, it's kind of like it helps people say, oh, I can go back and watch this stuff knowing that these actors are still around. They got mm -hmm. other properties that they might still be being used. I mean, I know there's rumor of, you know, there's always stories coming out of like, you know, Anakin or coming back or Obi-Wan, whatever. But um, yeah, look, I, I think when it comes to the films, a go to of mine is obviously, like I said, Empire, mm. Revenge of the Fifth. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that movie again, just because it's it, to me that's one of the strongest Star Wars films, beginning to end. I think I think the strongest one from beginning to end is Revenge of the Sith, A New Hope, and Empire. Um, I think for a casual fan, it has everything you want. When it comes to Star Wars, that's why to me those are a lot of go-to's for me because like it's strong, strong storytelling. Is the dialogue perfect? No, but you know what though? The story beats are amazing and it keeps you engaged from beginning to end. It's funny. Um, just going slightly off topic here for a moment. As I was, you know, doing my miniatures and you know, Clone Wars was on. I don't. I I've watched it so many times but for whatever reason. This specific rewatch, I've noticed so many like direct lines pulled from Revenge of the Sith that they use in the season one of the Clone Wars. <laughs> like yeah. so many moments, like this is where the fun begins. Like Ahsoka says that, and it just looks like so many other little Revenge of the Sithisms in that those first right. few episodes alone. I was like, oh, this is like that, almost that came overdrive. Out, like, 2008, 2009, yeah, or whatever it was. So like maybe it was like oh seven, oh eight. I can't remember, but. Like it's literally off the off the, uh, the end of Revenge of the Sith whenever they were making Clone Wars. I mean, like so that was George Lucas's baby at that point. That's mm -hmm. how he was going to expand Star Wars away from the movies was with the Clone Wars movies and well series, um, and, and some of the video games. So, which again, we didn't even talk about the video games as something that's a ghost to story of ours. Uh, and I, I'm sorry to transition this, Chris, but how can <laughs> we not talk about the Force Unleashed game? You know, like the first one that they made, that's a go-to story because I have both the audiobooks oh. and I can listen to those all day. Like that's how good that game, that first game was for sure. That audiobook is so dope. I recommend anybody. I think Sean Williams wrote that book. I think Jonathan Davis is the narrator, or was it Mark Thompson? It's one of two. I have it on my phone. Wow. But if you are a fan of Star Wars, and if you're a fan of Sam Witwer, mm -hmm. you need to listen to the Force Unleashed book. Jonathan yeah. Davis is a narrator. Okay, he is so good. He's another one besides Mark Thompson that does a really good job with the books. Yeah, so I mean, check out the Force Unleashed audio book. Doesn't disappoint. I think those are the books where you get his official name because I remember like people on forums and stuff were talking about Galen Merrick, and I was like, Yeah, who the hell is that? 
And then they're like, I don't know if it like, in the game. They're like, oh, that's Starkiller. It's like, when was that information in the video game? I played the game twice. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's a book. I said, a book? What do you mean a book? There's a book based yeah, on the video game? It, like, I didn't understand the concept. The game, but in the book, and, and I know the, the exact scene. It's whenever it's whenever he is going to go after the uh, the senators that were kidnapped after their secret meeting. Mm. And uh, Juno Eclipse is flying him into the heart of the Death Star. And she's like, "Are you? am I going to see you again? He's like, no, probably not. She's like, well, I'm not going to live this down. And she, like, pulls him and makes out with him. Huh. And then I think that's when he says, you know, my name's Galen, Galen Merrick. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a kind of interesting name. And he, like, uses the force and jumps out of the ship. And yeah. I'm thinking and the sound effects is dope. They do a good job at leading, building it up. And I'm like, yeah, this is fire. Like, start, man, That they need to make that into a trilogy, like a movie or, or a series. I'm solid. Hmm. Okay, I, I guess the game's been out long enough. Uh, I was really, really, really holding on hope that he would show up in Jedi Survivor. He did not, but hey, there's probably going to be another game, so I have another chance for him to come back in in canon in that in the next game. But uh, yeah, I know there there is even concept art of him coming into Rebels, like going to be in like okay. Rebels. So, so, so Chris, maybe maybe this is another podcast topic. Maybe for one of our next podcasts in the future over the summer, we can talk about what would be Star Killer's role. And an upcoming Star Wars game like the third Star Wars Jedi series mm. that's out here right now. What would that look like? What would we want him to do in that game? What would that storyline look like? Mm. We, oh, we can do a I, fan fiction podcast. I that. have ideas already based off how that game ended. Right. Here we go. <laughs> so, so, Chris, if you want to do a two hour, I, I, I wouldn't be against doing a special two hour podcast, maybe three. <laughs> you want to talk about a fan fiction, Star Killer showing up in the third. Star or Jedi game in the next five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure right. you already written these down on your phone somewhere. All right, Ben, <laughs> Ben, write that down. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, hey, there we go. Um, oh, man. But yeah, I mean, like, look, go on. Oh, go ahead. I'm about to say, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, look, it's just, you're right. I think that particular, that character will be so dope in today's Star Wars. I mean, and we can talk about that further, but imagine pulling him to the canon somehow you can make that work but mm-hmm. that's another podcast for another day i mean if you listen to sam Whitworth talk he's open to playing him yeah so sam's what 40 some years old don't yeah. look like it i think no, he like, just turned 41 or 42 i think yeah like he's 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 in hella shape he's a really good actor you know he, he ain't bad looking so like you know he'll do most of his stunts you, you know he'll commit to the role he knows star wars and, he, and he's not—he's not a fan where he's over over the top. He's a fan where he knows his stuff, but he'll let the creators still do their thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he was actually on a couple like back in the day on Collider. He was like a part of those trivia shows every once in a while. He would yeah, school like everybody on this. Yeah, he's—he's he's one of the. Again, this is probably another podcast for another day. Like you know that that who's that Star Wars actor that you just genuinely would hang out with, be yeah. friends with. Sam Witt would be that guy for me. I would actually like just shoot the shit with him. Like, hey, let's have a beer. Let's talk Star Wars. Let's just talk life. I, mm-hmm. I feel like he's that type of guy. Him and Hayden Christensen I would hang out with. Oh, yeah. Well, well yeah, like, go well, ahead, Brad. Go on, Chris. Oh, well, I, I go on. 
Uh, I was just gonna say, um, we have Jesse Bennett in the chat giving his ideas. Oh goodness, he recently found himself uh, going back to the Master and Apprentice, uh, the book story between Obi Wan and, and um, Qui Gon. Yeah, I gotta revisit that. That would be a book I definitely would want to revisit, like a few years before Phantom Menace. Um, Is that feeling... so? I don't think I don't think I've read that one yet. Is that the that's Obi Wan and Qui Gon, right? Yeah, it's a, a Claudia Gray book too. Okay, I need to check that out because I, I think I need to yeah. get that on my queue. You got to get that. You got to get Brotherhood by Mike Chen. That's another that, okay, that one so, came out last summer. Okay, so so go to stories that I probably need to look into. So I guess I'll need you guys' help on this because I need to actually sit down and download some new ones. So you said Master and Apprentice. Yep, and he says he's doing a current rewatch of Kenobi. Okay, so that's a cool thing. Is like you know all all this is subjective. So you're gonna get so many other different answers. Where I said, oh maybe Kenobi wouldn't be on that list. Jesse's like, hey, I'm watching it right now, so it's definitely on mine. Yeah. So that's the cool part about oh, all this. So I have so speaking of like I have um because of Kenobi, I have the John is it John Jackson Miller book, the only yeah. one book. Oh yeah, yeah. The Kenobi. love that book. Yeah, that came out like what mid two thousand, late two thousand, right before like that. the Disney sold. Uh, or yeah, Disney I think tw- I think twenty twelve or thirteen. Yeah, I have that one, and that's it's been forever since I've listened to that one. But I do want to check out that Master and Apprentice because you guys know I like the Jedi Apprentice books. Mm, fantastic is a, is a young apprentice to yeah. uh, Qui Gon, and they didn't they didn't do those on Audible yet, which I'm shocked. Like just do those on Audible. Mm-hmm. I listen to those all day. But, you know, I love those those covers. And we find out that Qui Gon had a apprentice prior to Obi Wan. No, I'll check out those uh, that Master and Apprentice books. That sounds wait, good. really? I, w- I wonder who the apprentice was. I forget. Guess what? X. It's like it's like Xander. Okay, so it's or not. It's, it's oh, Rail Avaros. Okay. It's it's like Xander or Xandor or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like those books would be fantastic to be on Audible eventually because they're great stories, and that's like. Well, that's the great thing with like those books or any of the like the the audio books is like they're nice to like connect into. Gosh, me and Milton could host a three hour audio book discussion, but the uh, the audio books are so nice because like it's like you're listening to the show or it's ba- I mean, you know, when you're listening to a book, it's basically a show, but it's like you're listening to a show before you watch Kenobi, before you watch mm-hmm. Phantom Menace, before you watch mm-hmm. like for me. For example, right now I'm I'm listening to um, basically it, it takes me because I because I I space it out all these um, Thrawn books I'm listening to are about 14 hours a piece so basically I listen to like you know 40 minutes a day or so mm-hmm. so it takes me so it takes me like two and a half weeks to get through two and a half three weeks to get through one book and basically I'm spacing these out so then it's like leading up to Ahsoka because you oh, know. Yeah. Like they've they've taken plenty of inspiration from the Ahsoka series for from the original Zon trilogy, right. and um, you know it's just kind of like leading up into the the Ahsoka show. And then I think actually I've already decided what I'm gonna listen to after this uh, after I finish up this trilogy. I noticed on Audible it's cool. There's a feature on there for anybody that has it. You'll know, but like it actually shows you the book, the next book that's in like order of like the story that you're listening to so like after last command it's already previewing me the um the next book after that um it's called uh hand of thrawn part oh, one yeah, 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 and yeah. like you know that 
you know, it's saying like, oh, that's the next book after Last Command, you know? So it's like, it's cool. Audible kind of like tells you what's coming up. And I'm probably going to like continue like down this path of like, you know, whatever these, you know, wherever it leads me with the Zon books. But it's cool because it's kind of, you know, like we said, it's it. they're nice to pass the time. And it's just like listening to shows versus actually watching them. Mm. But, you know, we're all such like astute Star Wars fans. Like, you know, you could, you could listen to us. A new hope and know exactly what it looks like um right. so like you know you can generally mm-hmm. listen to these star wars audiobooks whether it's the thrawn trilogy whether it's the master and apprentice books whether it's any of these books i mean heck even when i listen to bloodline for example like i i was imagining a older leia a you know all these things yeah. going on in bloodline like i was imagining those things because like we know the star wars world so well we can generally get a get a picture in our head of what they are like i mean there was a scene in Dark Force Rising early in the book when um when Luke and Lando are on a planet and Luke's at a bar and like you know it's kind of like mirroring the A New Hope situation with Obi-Wan in the cantina where like you know there's there's a couple bar patrons like arguing about something and like everybody in the bar is like you know looking to Luke to be like the Jedi to solve everything and like you know Luke you know, the way they describe it, it's, like, described perfectly. And even Luke, like, has, like, a little memory of, like, the cantina and stuff. So, like, just, like, how they describe things in these audiobooks, it's just, it's such, like, a nice way to pass the time for, like, several things, whether it be, like, in the background, like we said, when you're building things or, like, for me right now, I'm, or for anybody, really, but for me right now, I'm going through a dieting phase. Like, I'm down almost 20 pounds, whatever, and I, uh... I, you know, during my cardio sessions, I listen to like 40 minutes of the book or like if I'm doing if I'm doing like a harder cardio day where I'm doing like an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening type cardio day, I'll literally listen to like an hour of the book and then another hour of the book just because it's like it's so entertaining. It passes the time so easily. You don't even think about like the hour going by. It's just Mm -hmm. boom, like it's entertaining. Yeah, the monotonous stuff you do. Yeah, the yeah, the the monotonous stuff. It's it's like these type of things are such a great way to pass the time um, as a Star Wars fan, in in my opinion. Yeah, and it's by no means like a slight on them either. It's like, oh, yeah, well, we're we're watching these because we're only half paying attention. It's because we've watched them so many so often or experienced them so often. Listen to them. That we know the story, but we like to have those touch points of, oh, I love when this part comes up. Let me pay attention here. This part's really fun. Oh, this is a really funny part. Oh, I love this part right here. Yeah, so it's that's really what it all comes down to. So, yeah, you know. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, well that, I mean, that's, a, that's another good point there in and of itself. It's like you said, it's not because it's like, oh, it's whatever. We're throwing it on in the background. We know it so well. And like like me, or like, and like for several hardcore Star Wars fans, we've all read the original Zahn trilogy years ago. But for me, I don't know when the last time I was, like, I read Heir to the Empire or Dark Force Rising or Last Command. So, like, me, when I got to the end of Dark Force Rising today, I forgot there was, like, a little, like, twist at the end. And I was like, oh, man, I forgot about that. Like, that's awesome. Like, you know, so it's just cool, like, getting those realizations when you're, like, even though you're casually listening to it to certain things like you know i know the general gist of like the dark force rising book but then when i got to the end i'm paying more attention because i'm like man i don't remember exactly what happens here Mm -hmm. and then i get to the end and i'm like whoa that was really cool so like you know it's cool revisiting old material like that because it's just you know it re-sparks your interest even more 
Hell yeah. Mm. So we would like to know what your go-to Star Wars stories are. Throw them down in the comments section down below. Interact with us on Twitter using right. hashtag Outer Rim Transmission. So so I, I I know we're trying to wrap this up. Chris, I have one question that we all post to the group. Well, we all answer for each other. Mm -hmm. What would be if you had a random friend of yours that was saying, hey, what, what ghost to story should I go to for Star Wars? Let's just say book-related, hardcover or audiobook. If you had to pick one Star Wars story to give that person to get into the books, what would you tell your random friend that's just a decent Star Wars fan that just wants to at least like Get into it. Now I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Oh, you have go they first. at least I'm seen? Have they at least this. seen the movies one through six, for example? Um, they've seen or, or the original trilogy here and there. They, yeah, they've seen the original trilogy. They've okay. seen the prequels here and there. That's it. That's pretty much all they know. Okay. 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 I would say for me, a Star Wars story that I think, especially if it's a girl, if a fan who's a girl, I would say Lost Stars would be a good story mm. for them to start off with. Because that they got the love story, you know they got some of the action. It, it, it's a time, kind of like a timepiece. Like it, it goes over time, like that particular story. And it's two different sides of Star Wars: Empire, Rebellion. You know how it's different, kind of like Romeo and Juliet type thing in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. Oh yeah. So I, I think Lost Stars is a very, very underrated story. I think some casual Star Wars fans will get into. Yeah, you can go, Ben, because I'm still thinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lost Stars is excellent. The audiobook for that is very good, if, if you haven't listened to that yet, Milton. But, um, but yeah, the audiobook's really good for that one. For me, oh, man, that's a tough one. There are so many good stories when it comes to all the books and everything. Um, but for me, even though, like, I've talked so much about it already on this podcast, I would say for, like, anybody, like, say if they've just even seen the original trilogy. Like, I really think... Heir to the Empire, just the first book, Heir to the Empire, mm -hmm. is such a good book because it's self-contained. Like they they make references to the original stuff, so you don't need you don't necessarily even need to watch the original trilogy to get the gist of the basis of that book because like they set the premise: the Empire's been defeated. You know they're scrapping around. The rebels are still scrapping around with the government. Like you know you have the political intrigue in there with Leia and Mon Mothma and all those people. You have the heroics of Luke and Han and Lando and Chewie and all those storylines. And then you have this new cunning villain, Grand Admiral Thrawn yep. coming from like the yep. unknown regions. And like, I think it's such a good standalone story that I think I could recommend it to anybody. And then especially, you know, spoilers, the way it ends, Admiral Akbar getting arrested at the end. Huh. That's kind of like, a, that's kind of a hook you know, you getting pulled into the next book. So, like, you know, like, it it's a good launching point, I think, for Star Wars fans, because it does. It sets the tone. Like, it literally talks about this being five years after the events of, basically, Return of the Jedi. So, like, they, uh, you know, it's a good tone setter, I think, for someone just getting into the Star Wars books. I mean, I want to go with the easy softball for me, and that's... <laughs> It's it's either going to be Light of the Jedi, because that's easy for me to recommend, because it's like, you don't have to know anything about Star Wars to read that book, because it's literally all new characters, and it's a really interesting situation that happens with the great hyperspace disaster, where you're learning from different perspectives of civilians, of military, of engineers, of Jedi, of, you know, people that are working to save others, like uh, emergency response people, so really gives you a wide breadth of perspectives and just 
get you right into the action really quickly. Um, but then I'll throw another one for, for familiar characters that you do know. I would recommend maybe Shadow of the Sith. Because Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher came out also last summer. Um, really gives you that great Lando and Luke Skywalker after Return of the Jedi vibe story. That felt a lot like Legends. I know um, Heir of the Empire's Legends. So if you want a similar feel to that where it's like, what are these, what are these guys doing after the war's over? What are they doing? Oh, they're going on a mission to find somebody. And it, it's getting involved with Sith artifacts that possess people. And you see Luke Skywalker and his prime just taking fools out. It's It's got everything you want. And it's got a really touching some really touching moments with Lando Calrissian that I wasn't expecting. So there you go. If you want, if you want the in current timeline, go with Shadow Sith. If you want uh, way back in time, go with uh, if, that. Or, or, also, or let me do oh, this first before I forget. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Legends. I'll say Darth Bane trilogy. Um, yep. Yeah, because that is just to this day it's just. Oh man, I still remember that from like over ten years ago. I read it now. Just those key moments. I was I was literally talking to somebody at the gym. I'll go on a digress real quick. I used to be called Star Killer for whatever reason at the gym because one day I was talking about <laughs> Star Killer and somebody just started calling me that after I had the conversation. Um, and then another guy uh, at the training at the gym was like something about star killer and then i said darth bane <laughs> and, then, and then he's like who's darth bane and then i was like oh i have to tell you about darth bane and i immediately like, smiled he's like you don't know i was like you don't know about darth bane so i was telling him all this stuff about darth bane like going through the atmosphere from duxon to um whatever the hell the planet is that's in season five of the clone wars with like the dinosaur things and saw guerrera what the hell is that planet called i forget Oh, man, it's um, Onderon. Oh, yep. There's that moment in the book where he actually goes from Onderon to Duxon on the back of one of those winged creatures. And he actually, like, goes through the atmosphere for a few seconds. But he's, like, using the force to, like, protect his body. Like, this crazy stuff this guy does. So I'm like, if you want, like, a really cool dark side story of a really mature Star Wars story that's a that's self-contained trilogy. Like, you gotta do Darth Bane. And they recently did the Essential Legends collection, so you get, like, the nice trade paperback size of, like, the trilogy three books that way. I, sorry, Ben, I had to point that out. Oh, yeah. like, oh, I have to talk about Darth Bane. Yeah, the Darth Bane trilogy, that's excellent. But I was gonna say, to go in your vein of, like, complete standalone type stories, for me... Um, like I said, of course, the Heir to the Empire book's great. And, like, all of our recommendations have been great. But if someone who's looking to get into a Star Wars book and has a little hint of liking, like, scary movies and stuff, for me, the number one book recommendation by a mile, and this is for, like, anybody, really, a really entertaining book, is the Legends book, Death Troopers. Oh, I just that read book, that recently. Yeah. Yep. That book is fantastic. And, like, it's completely standalone, all new characters, basically. And, like, it sets the tone. And it's kind of scary, kind of kind of creepy. Mm. And it's just, it's such a good story. And, like, that's another that's another story I would love to see made into a, into a live-action movie. Because they, and, like, really lean into the horror vibes. But, like, I think that's a really good book for a, a Star Wars fan who kind of likes a lot of scary movies. Because that could give them kind of, like, the scary you know movie vibes but in star wars and you know like i said it's just a great story overall yeah and that's also part of the essential legends collection and yep. i read that i think around october so i read it i was like oh this is perfect for that time of year but yeah 
Also, so what are some Star Wars books you would recommend? Let us know in the comments or after the fact. Again, just tag Star, Star Wars um, and go ahead and do hashtag Outer Rim Transmission. And you can always email us at theouterroomtransmission at gmail.com. So we want to thank everybody, including Jesse Bennett, for joining us live today for the lively conversation. And as our new time here is now on Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern. We would love for you guys to join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. Uh, for our episodes there on after, as well on podcast services. You can download us. Like I said, I'll better try to get these up around Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning for uh, listening on the go, if that's what you prefer. Um, just a heads up. Next week, we could be getting some Star Wars game news because we are at that time of the year, everybody. Going into this week, it's basically... E3, but not really E3, because even though E3 doesn't exist, there have been many gaming companies like Microsoft, like Jeff Keighley's doing a summer gaming fest, and Ubisoft, who we know is working on a Star Wars game, is doing their thing um, next week. So um, whether Jeff Keighley reveals it, whether Microsoft announces a game on Sunday, a week from today, maybe we'll have some breaking news to talk about and speculate. Maybe we'll have a trailer to break down. I'm really hoping so. I think, you know, it's a good time to start talking about other Star Wars games because we know there's a lot of in de development and we've seen how much of a smash hit that Jedi Survivor was and that, that buzz is, you know, kind of coming down that the game's been out for months. So now we're going to look ahead to see what's coming down in the gaming space. So um, I'm crossing my fingers and my toes here to hopefully have something to talk about, some really cool news next week. So be on the lookout for that. I'm sure you'll see it all over Twitter, all over Facebook if there is something coming out with that. Nice. All it's right. Be a good week. So yeah, it's gonna be a good week. Where can the people find you, Milton? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Milton Weber Seven or Instagram at Milton Seven Weber. Um, pretty much all I do is talk. You know, well on Instagram, I like to just post funny stuff in my in my stories or like some workout <laughs> stuff in my videos. Twitter, I just like retweet and just make fun of just like stupid shit in the world. So. Um, just check me out there. I like to keep it positive. Don't act a fool. If you come in my DMs acting crazy, I'm blocking you, or I might have to show up at your doorstep and smack you. Um, <laughs> yeah, find me at those platforms. Have a good conversation. And like I said, just go have a good rest of the week, man. There we go. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, you can find me talking Star Wars and fitness stuff on Twitter at Real Ben Maynard. Sometimes just being sarcastic about some of the things going on in the Star Wars fandom because, hey, we got to laugh about it and not yep. take things so seriously. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram as well, at RealBenMaynard. I usually post my workouts and stuff. I haven't been lately just because I've been just like locked in and just haven't really turned on the mm. camera to record my workouts. But you can connect with me on Instagram, at RealBenMaynard. And, you know, I'll, you know, we can share some funny star wars and reels or funny other reels i mean i'm always blowing up milton's inbox with star wars reels it feels like but you know it's always it's a good funny. time on instagram yeah they're always funny though or or good wwe ones on there for sure too. yeah and you can find me over in sanctuary slaying demons on my level 23 rogue i uh totally invested in diablo 4 right now it's early access uh as of recording this it'll be out tomorrow for everybody else um Amazing game, and I went down the kind of rabbit hole last night getting into the lore. I was looking up a bunch of uh, the lore videos for the world of Diablo. Um, uh, even though it's a number four, does not mean you should stay away because you haven't played the other games. It's very much a 
game you can jump into not knowing anything about Diablo and getting a good idea of what the universe and what the story is. Um, so there, you'll find me there, Star Raptor, uh, hashtag 1298 on Battle BattleNet. Um, go ahead, group up. Let's get some experience points and, and kill some demons. So that's what I'll be doing this, the rest of this week. So for Ben, for Milton, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, that was Outer Rim Transmission, episode 109. We hope you all enjoyed it, and we'll see you again next week and transmission.